things. I'll go to bed and I'll wake up and it's there. And I'm like, Lord, what's up with this? You know, I am in full-time ministry and it's, it's taken me, I would say, 19 years. This morning, the Spirit of God said to me, did you not know that you are a missionary in a foreign country? My family and I are. I'm from Jamaica. It's like I never connected the, 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 the dots. And this morning the Lord said it to me and it was very comforting. However, I am still praying. We're still praying and processing uh, whatever the Spirit of God is saying to us. And um, we are here. And as I said, it's a rarity for me to have my family with me uh, under the same roof because of what I get to do pretty much every Sunday. I'm always somewhere else. Um, preaching the, the gospel and lifting up the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And by the way, I must tell you, I just love when we're in the building and the Lord of the building is here with us. It, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and so I love the old hymns as well. And I was just thinking, as I, I think a lot, as you, can, as you can tell, you know, one that says, He is here, hallelujah, He is here, amen, He is here, holy, holy, I will bless His name again, He is here, listen closely, Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. Father, indeed, you are here. When Solomon finished the temple, your glory came down upon it. And God, here we are. Your people. Your children. Bodies are gathered in Jesus' name. And your word tells us that each body here with the spirit of God is the temple of God. And so, Lord, speak to us. God, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. And that your people would hear today from the throne room of grace. God, that you will continue to speak to us. And God, that you would encourage and build up and motivate. God, I even pray for the prodigal sons and daughters that they would come home. That we would not only be remembered as the church in Selbyville that once experienced a revival. God, no. Today. 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 Whatever prevents, whatever blocks, whatever separates your spirit from moving freely. God, we, we, we surrender those things to you. We give those things to you. And God, that we will be known as a local church in this community in Selbyville that, that, that represents Jesus Christ afresh. Yes. That people will encounter this local church and they will, they will say, I want to attend the local church with you. 
I want to come home. It's been a while. And so God make us. Your disciples afresh. For your glory. And your glory alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and I'll be reading the first 18 verses. When you're there, you be polite, you say amen. Oh, you don't have to. I'm just trying to, you know, it's all good. Matthew chapter 16, a very familiar passage of scripture. I know with all my heart you guys would have read several times. But before I jump into the scriptures, I just want to say, um, you know, a big thank you again. I, I, I recognize your retired senior pastor, Reverend Leroy and Sister Sally, just the Weymouth family. Thank you so much for opening this pulpit. You know, I feel so small when I get to walk you know, behind godly men, you know, and then you have Reverend Coons who is constantly filling in. And, um, you know, I think it's Brother Chris, right? Brother Chris, right? He taught a fantastic, and I believe I said to him, why don't you just become, a, well, I won't tell you what I said to him, but, uh, and then he, he said to me, hey, I just want you to know, you know, my hands are full, right? And then he goes, you know, I have a tendency to really and truly crack people up and down, you know? <laughs> And I, and I felt like I, I needed to say, will you lay hands on me, please? You know, but um, you guys are fun-loving and, 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 and true and real and authentic. And um, thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you and the leadership team. And, of course, our um, faithful parishioners, okay? The Lord bless you. So here we go. Verse 1, Matthew 16. One day, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus. That's the only reason why they showed up, was to test Jesus. And within the test, they were very demanding. And so they demanded that he showed them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He replied, Jesus, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means fall weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you do not know how to interpret the signs of the times. Only an evil. No wonder why Christ was crucified. Uh, he was a little, not, not feisty, but he was direct, right? He goes, only a evil an evil and adulterous generation will demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. Later after they crossed to the other side of the lake, his disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand? Even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with 
five loaves or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftover you picked up? Why can't you understand that I'm not talking about bread? So again, I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they would understood that he wasn't speaking about the yeast in bread. But about the deceptive, say that, you want to underline the deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, and I believe with all my heart, he is still asking this very same question of the church. He's asking this question within the church. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Rumor has it you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. You know that old prophet Elijah, that, that strange prophet he was. He was a very strange guy. He was. However, he was also a man of God. If people think you're strange because you're godly, it's nothing new under the sun. Just so you know. And others say, how about Jeremiah, that weeping prophet? Or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them. In other words. I hear what everybody else is saying. And I know what everybody else is saying. You see you guys are different. Why? Because you are my disciples. And I understand that people in your day and age. They have problems with who I am. But make no mistake, body of Christ. He wants us to be sure that we know who he is. And of course he said, but who do you say? I am. Load mode Peter. I just like the guy. <laughs> Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. The son of the living God, the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, little rock, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. You see, Christ is building his church. We're just blocks in the building. But it is Christ who is building his church. And he goes, and all the powers, say powers, all, not some, all the powers of hell will not conquer it. There are several things going on today in our world. Persecution, oppression, you name it. It's not some new phenomena coming up again, coming upon the body of Christ or even coming against the body of Christ or the living God. 
The title of this message this morning is simply the very same question that was raised by Jesus Christ specifically to his disciples. And I will ask you this morning, body of Christ, who do you say Jesus Christ is to you personally? Some people are saying he was a great teacher today in our world. Is that true? Some people have it to say he was one of the gods who existed. Some people say he was a good moral teacher. Some people say, and the list goes on and on. And we hear it in the workplace, in the grocery store. At the gas pump, when you turn on Fox News or CNN, everybody seemed to be saying something about Jesus Christ. And we know this based upon everything everybody else is saying if they're not confessing that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. All of them are wrong. Make no mistake, this is not one of the things you can get wrong and sweep it under the rug. Jesus Christ must be the son of the living God in order for all of this to make sense in our life. There's some things, as I said, in our world we can afford to get wrong. I want to share with us four things as the body of Christ we cannot afford to get wrong. Are you with me? You can't make any mistake on these things. You see, if you get Genesis 1-1 off, all of it is completely off. So let us look at these four things. Namely, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. The terms Trinity and persons as related to the Godhead, while not found in scriptures, are words in harmony with scripture, whereby we may convey to others our immediate understanding of the doctrine of Christ, respecting the being of God, as distinguished from God's many and Lord's many. We therefore may speak with authority of the Lord our God, who is one Lord as a trinity or as one being of three persons and still be absolutely scriptural, biblical. One God eternally existing in three distinct persons, namely Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Within the fellowship of the assemblies of God, we have what we call the 16 fundamental truths. And those 16 fundamental truths has been the bedrock of, 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 of who we are and what we do and why we do what we do. So let us look at God the Father. How about that? The one true God. The one true God has revealed himself as the eternally self-existing I am. The creator of heaven and earth and the redeemer of mankind. He has further revealed himself as embodying the principles of relationship and association. As I said, namely as 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Throughout the scriptures you'll see it when you read Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. When you check out Isaiah chapter 43 verses 10 and 11. When you check out Matthew uh, 28 verse 19 and Luke 3.22. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are never identical as the person. Nor confused as to relation nor divided in respect to the Godhead, nor opposed as to cooperation. The Son is in the Father, and the Father is in the Son as to relationship. The Son is with the Father, and the Father is with the Son as to fellowship. The Father is not from the Son, but the Son is from the, the Father as to authority. The Holy Spirit is from the Father and the Son proceeding as to nature, relationship, cooperation, and authority. Oh, I just said a mouthful right there. You hear me? We cannot afford to get this wrong. If any one of this is out of order, the entire thing is out of order. Now you may say to me, tell me where God came from. Beloved, I'll ask him that question when I get there. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I will ask him the question when I get there. You see, there, there are so many things I don't know about God. And for the older saints, you've been serving Jesus Christ for a very long time. And you still have questions. Which tells me I'm in good company. Hallelujah. Yes. So let us look at God the Son. For unto us a child is born. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his, his shoulders and he will be called wonderful. Not just counselor, you know. Wonderful counselor. How about that? Mighty God. Not some, some God created somewhere in somebody's shed. But mighty God, you see, we have some big problems. And let me tell you what, we need a mighty God to help us with some of these problems. Because no, not even your friend can tell you or counsel you out of some of these problems. I mean, the things we have to deal with today, I just thank God that he's a mighty God. It's crazy. Not only is a... Is he a mighty God? But he's also the everlasting Father. He's not just God yesterday or God today. He's everlasting. He's God tomorrow and will always be God. There is chaos and confusion everywhere. You don't have to go far. If you live next to a neighbor or I'm just saying, don't even look at your neighbor next to you, please. Sometimes the distress and <laughs> God, you guys are awesome. Uh, you're 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 particip I won't I won't say it. Not just not just everlasting Father, but also Prince of Peace. Not just peace. He's not just our peace. He is in charge of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Of course, and we look at his deity. When you talk about Jesus Christ being the son of God, we're, we're pretty much saying he's one in essence. He's got deity in his DNA. 
Okay, no, that's just earthly stuff. But you can understand when I use DNA. The Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal son of God. The scriptures declare his virgin birth. Is that true? His sinless life. His miracles. His substitutionary work on the cross. His bodily resurrection from the dead. And his exaltation to the right hand of God the Father. If you didn't know, Jesus Christ is in every single book of the Bible. Did you know that? If you didn't know, let me share it with you. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In, 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 in Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the commander of the Lord's army. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is the seed of David. In, 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 in Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of everything broken. In Esther, he is our Mordecai and our advocate. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs, Jesus Christ is our wisdom. In, in, in Ecclesiastes, he is our meaningful life. In the Song of Solomon, he is the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, he is our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the glorious Lord. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he is the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is our judge and savior. In Jonah, he is the risen prophet. In Micah, he is the ruler of the world from Bethlehem. In Nahum, he is our stronghold. In Habakkuk, he is the watchman. In Zephaniah, he is the mighty one that is in charge of our salvation. In Agai, he is the restorer. In Zechariah, he is the branch of David. I'm still talking about Jesus Christ. The one pierced for us. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he is the servant and miracle worker. In Luke, he is the baby in the manger, the son of man. In John, he is the son of God, the living word, the way, the truth, and the, the life. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. He is the ascended Lord. In Romans, he is the justifier. In 1 Corinthians, he is the resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, he is our comfort. In Galatians, he is our liberty. In Ephesians, he is the head of the... I'm still talking about Jesus, and I'm not even done yet. In Philippians, 
He is our joy. In Colossians, he is our completeness and the glue that holds our world together. In 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, he is the coming king. Listen church, Jesus Christ is coming again. You ask me how I know this. It's in the Bible. Not only that, he said it to his disciples. You remember after the resurrection and what happened for 40 days? And how over 500 people that died were brought back to, to life. Yeah. And how he made breakfast. Come on, let me, let me drag your memory a little bit. And of course, he said, I go, listen, listen to me. I go to do what? To prepare. You see, you see, we, you see, there's a place being prepared for us that, that, I'm telling you, come on. There is a place being prepared for us. Yes, there is a place. And, and he goes, the same, and then the angels, you know, the angels, even the angels partnered with the resurrected king of glory. And he, the angels said to his disciples, why are you gazing? Uh, come on, come on. He's coming again. That's very comforting. He's coming again. That's why we're still here. Yeah, he's coming again. You see, when we die... We go to be with him. Death is not something to be feared anymore. Before people feared death, I do understand the complications and the difficulty. Let's be real. A loved one is no longer here. We have memories. We miss them. We long to have a back rub or a hair stroke, whatever the case may be. A kiss on the chin, a kiss on whatever the case may be. A mom, a dad. We understand that. Remember Jesus wept because he understood, right? What was going on in that family when he showed up, right? But our, our, our God and King has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And because he's alive forevermore, he's qualified to be our resurrection and life. So be encouraged. Be encouraged, saints. Death is just a transportation to our destination. How cool is that? I just like that. I like the thought. No, I don't want to die anytime soon. I want to see my children grow up. But if I die, then I will be more alive than I have ever been. That's what the scripture says. Why? Because I'll see him face to face. Listen to me. I can't afford gold. I really can't. I only, I only wear one gold ring. Some people can afford gold. Some people can afford luxury. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But I know this one thing according to the word of God. When I get there, you know, um, I think gold is pretty cheap there. <laughs> I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. But if, if we're able to walk on what? Oh my, not, not just street, a street. In Seifer or Delaware, not a street in Delaware, but streets, it's plural, everywhere you go. Uh, you see, I may not be able to afford a mansion down here, but he's preparing one. Come on! He is doing that. There, there's, there, we have reasons to really and truly get excited, church. We do. God help us. We get distracted and burdened a lot on this side of heaven. The cares of life, you know, um, they do have a tendency to weigh us down. And sometimes even the blessings of God. 
Oh, no, that's a different story. Sometimes the blessings of God can also be a distraction in our lives. Because instead of celebrating the, the giver of the gifts and the blessings, we now we know choose to worship the blessing and then it become a burden, right? God help us. God help us. Help us, Lord. So yes, death is no longer a dreaded thing. We'll live again. So your loved ones that have left here before you with God's help and they, 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 they had a relationship with Christ, you'll see them again, you know. That's, that's encouraging to me personally. You know, remember this, and I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to be morbid. And hear me loud and clear. Nobody leaves here alive. The mortality rate is 100%. I'm just saying. You know, it's like, I'm, you guys, are you going quiet on me, right? I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm trying to encourage us that, hey, we'll see him. Yes, he's preparing that place. And when we leave here, we'll go to that place that is being prepared. And if we, if we are here when he comes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, but the way things are going, am I the only one that sometimes pray, Lord, will you please come quickly? Not just come, but come quickly. Please expedite the process. Like, and the signs of the times, so you know, they're everywhere. Lawlessness has increased tremendously. I mean, since the resurrection. Oh my God, I think we're in a free fall as a world. As a world, I believe we're in free fall. And if the Lord doesn't show up here very soon, I'm just saying, God help us, right? So let's go back to who Jesus is according to the scriptures. So, so I gave you first and um, second Thessalonians that he is our coming king. He's coming again. Be encouraged. In First and Second Timothy, he's our mediator, right? He's our mediator. In Philemon, he's our benefactor. In Titus, he is the blessed hope. In Hebrews, he's our perfection. In James, he is the power behind our faith. In First, Second Peter, he's our chief shepherd and chief cornerstone. In First, Second, and Third John, he's our truth and everlasting life. In Jude, he is the foundation of our faith. He's our security. In Revelation, he is the king of kings and what? Lord of lords. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and creator of all. I'm just saying, I'm still talking about Jesus. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wrap this thing up here. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, he always is, and he will always be. He is unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, but never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and he eased pain. He was persecuted and he brought freedom. He was dead and he brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and he brings peace. The world cannot understand this Jesus Christ I'm talking about. The armies cannot defeat him. And, and listen to this. Our schools cannot explain him. The leaders cannot ignore him. They can't ignore him. You saw what happened during that Bills game? I'm just saying. You saw what happened? How, how powerless we are as a people? Like seriously. You saw what happened? 
They needed a miracle. And of course, that boy is alive today because God answered the prayers of the saints. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't let the enemy tell us anything else. It's not the doctors who brought, but it's, it's the chief physician who brought him back. to The greatest heart surgeon who's never lost a patient brought him back to life. And he's reconsidering the possibility of going back on the field of play. Why? Because God, our prayer answering God, showed the world one more time how involved he is. You see, the leaders cannot ignore him. Brothers and sisters, we're still talking about Jesus. And then I'm going to close this thing. I'm going to land this thing. So it's God the Father. We can't afford to get God the Father wrong. We cannot afford to get God the Son wrong. And of course, God the Holy Spirit, he's here. He is here. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters according to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 2, don't, 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 don't go off into this Genesis 1, 1 and 2 stuff where they talked about all kinds of crazy stuff. Stick with the scriptures, you hear me? Stick with the, the scriptures. During Jesus' baptism, the Spirit of God descended upon him while he was in the water. Is that true? So we see the heavens opened up, the sun was there being baptized, and what happened? Then the Spirit of God came down upon him, right? In the form of a dove. You guys are incredible. God the Holy Spirit, church, he comforts us. He convicts not just the saint, but also the sinner. He teaches, he guides, and he also prays for us. He also brings glory to God the Father. And by the way, I know you guys know this. I believe with all my heart, one of the reasons why the church is so lethargic is because we're trying to put this great and awesome God in a box. And instead of preaching and teaching what the Bible says, no, we're reading other books. And it's good. I am a stickler for learning. I love education. But listen to me. I read books for information and I read this book for deeper revelation these are my glasses right here. I don't know about you. And I am 40 years old, by the way. I'm not that old. But I've discovered, I've discovered that the world in which we live, according to the scripture, Jesus had forewarned his disciples that perilous times will come upon us. And he said, listen to me. I give you peace. My peace I give to you. The spirit of God gives peace to the church. He comforts when we're uncomfortable, when there's chaos and confusion. Have you, ever, have you ever been in a situation where you know the only reason why you can sit at home and have peace, it's because it's supernatural. There's no other explanation. You can't even tell people what's going on. You just know it. What's going on with you? I really don't know, but I like it, you know. I, 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 it's, I can't explain this to you. That's, that's God the Holy Spirit working in your life. You see, it's God the Holy Spirit who will come upon us as the body of Christ. And we'll go out into this community and win people to Christ. And that is my prayer. I pray that the prodigal sons and daughters would return. I really do believe that. And if, if, if you guys are saying, well, you know what? Can you, can you help us with that? As the body of Christ, if I can, I'll come alongside you. And we do evangelism. You hear me? We can do that in the name of the Lord. Drunks are still 
waiting to be delivered by the Spirit of God. Yes. Prostitutes are still waiting to be touched by God. Listen to me. My mom used to say to me, if you're not dead, it's not done. I believe in that philosophy. I really do. And it's God the Holy Spirit who is going to move upon the heart of the sinner and the saint. And I believe in speaking in tongues too. Why? Because it's biblical. I really do. If you're baptized, we're not talking about just being born again. We're talking about the second blessing. Yeah, where you're baptized in the spirit and you just know it. And you're speaking in tongues and nobody taught you how to speak that kind. It's heavenly. It's not, it's not taught in universities. No, it's heavenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, and I'll close with this, the Bible, the scriptures. So it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the scriptures. Church, we cannot afford to get these things wrong. We cannot. I, I beg of you, please, go back to your first love. Go back. The Spirit is saying, come back to your first love. The world in which we live, you see it as I said. I cannot overemphasize the crazy that's going on here. Go back to your first love. Fall in love with the scriptures again afresh. The word of God. The scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, are verbally inspired by God. And are the revelation of God to man. The word of God is infallible. It's authoritative. And it is the rule for faith and Christian living for us. That's it. 2 Timothy 3 verses 15 through 17 says, You have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture. Let me say that again. All Let God be true and everybody else a liar. All scripture is inspired by, by God and is useful to do what? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I can give you scriptures upon scriptures. If you grew up in the church, you're probably familiar with the well-known Bible stories. You've marveled at Noah's floating zoo. How about that? You remember? Noah had a floating zoo. It's true. Right? You've, you've, you've faced down giants in your life like, like David. Maybe you've even dared to, to be a Daniel. And that's just the Old Testament saints. In the Gospels, we learn about Jesus' miracles. And perhaps, for some of us, also that these stories aren't just intended to amaze. Right? They're meant to make us a better person. See how generous that little boy was with his lunch. Is that true? Right? You know, God, Christ took his lunch and turned, I mean, he turned it into a Moby Dick sandwich. He did, did he not? Like seriously, he took that little sack lunch and made a big old Moby Dick. He fed f over 5,000 people with a, 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 a little boy's lunch, right? And for some of us, you probably didn't grow up in the church and you're not familiar with the Bible. And you may assume that the Bible is a well-meaning series of moral tales or whatever. 
or an un anthology of philosophical musings. Some people say that. Or an archaic rule book that ought to remain confined to hotel room drawers. Talking about the Gideons, right? Indeed, increasing numbers of people today believe that scripture is downright dangerous. So you know, if you didn't know that, they're teaching that Christians are no enemies of the state. If you didn't know that, let me tell you right here from this, you know, Brother Chris mentioned it. Train up a child in the way he or she should. Yeah, they're trying to indoctrinate our children. You see, if you can steal the mind of a child, you can tell where the nation will end up. Remember what Hitler did? Come on, you check, you, you check history. If you can get into the minds of our children, no wonder why they think some of us as parents are like dinosaurs. They think we're archaic. They think we're not even relevant. We're telling them scriptures and they're looking at us all funny. Have you also noticed that TikTok and Facebook and my, I call it my tweet face. You know, they just have so many. I, I can't keep up with it. Do you realize that one time things were private? No, nowadays nothing seemed to be private anymore. If you have an iPhone, I, I just read it on the news. Somebody hacked into our iPhone services and they're saying we're, no, we're exposed. All of us are exposed. In other words, you may end up going home, going to your bank and some money is missing. That's what they're telling us. Hello? That's the kind of world in which we live. Brothers and sisters in Christ, remember this. Stay true to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Scriptures. That's it. We read every other book just for information. We read the Scripture for God to speak to us for revelation, for understanding and meaning and clarity. How to treat thy neighbor, how to treat thy spouse, right? Yes, how to live in this dark world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the, the scriptures. May, may the God of heaven and earth bless you guys. I, I don't know, you know, if, if, if you need prayer, whatever the case may be. I, I am here, I'll pray with you, I'll pray for you, and I just pray a deeper hunger for your first love. I'm telling you, if, if there is ever a time in our world, and you have heard this said many times, I am convinced we need Jesus now more than ever. We really, really do. We do. People are crazy. Delusional. They're calling wrong <laughs> and right wrong. And you can't spank your children anymore. No, some of it was child abuse. I can tell you that. But <laughs> a little spanking growing up as a child did me a lot of good. I really knew when my mom said something, she meant it, you know? Yes. Were you like me, you had to go, <laughs> go get that, that, that bit. They don't use, in Jamaica, they don't use paddle. They use what we call a belt from the waist. And my mom seemed to, <laughs> uh, hers was very close. I knew that. It, it, was, it was always in reach, right? And my dad was a different story. 
how many of us grew up, and I guess if I'm being live streamed, the, the scripture says, I'm going to say Bible. The scripture says, you don't spear the rod and spoil word of God, all scriptures. Now we're not trying to be abusive. But if you live in my house, you sleep in my bed, you turn on my lights, you eat my food, you drive in my car, <laughs> you use my phone, you take a shower in my... <laughs> I, I guess it's okay for you to have some respect for me, I think. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's, 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 it's the parents who should be in charge of the home and not the children. If the children are in charge of the home, it's backwards, it's diabolic, it's not of God. It's not of God. If you want to know where the, 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 the nation is going, look at what they're now teaching in the school. The writing is on the wall, Reverend Weymouth. The writing is on the wall. Gone are the days when people used to be in the closet, you know. <clears throat> They're everywhere now. Jesus, have mercy. I'm sorry, I mean, you guys may not ask me to come back to this place, you know. And it's all right. We just have to talk about these things already. And may God anoint us to be the body of Christ. May we dare to be a Daniel. May we dare to be a Mordecai. May we dare to be a Esther. If I die, I die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die anyways. Why not die representing God? Remember I told you, this is just a transportation. And if the Lord says, be quiet, just be quiet. Use wisdom as well. Use wisdom as well, you know. So if, if, if you're here and you really feel like the Lord has been stirring your heart. And you say, God, leaving this building, I am going to represent you. Forgive me for even being timid. You see, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of, of love, power, and a song. This is not just me repeating what the scripture says. Yes, that's true, but I believe what it says. What if we all believed what the scripture says and lived what the scripture says? Love, husband, love your wife. You know, wife, respect your your husband. Children, you'll get the paddle, you know. <laughs> and you go tell your teacher, and you come home, and I'll still paddle. Go tell her again, please. Go tell the cops, too. I'm just saying, though. Who's going to stand up, right? Who's going to say, thus say it, the Lord? So, so you want to pray? You want to pray? I want to pray over you. And um, thank you again, Sister Laura. As I said, you know, I, I am available if I can be. It doesn't have to be here behind this pulpit. You know, I'll help you scrub the floor if I have to. You see, you know, we're trying to win, win as many as possible for the sake of the gospel. If it simply means you need somebody to talk to drug addicts walking up and down these streets, you know, I'll try to talk with somebody. If you have somebody who is, whatever the case may be, I make myself available to the body of Christ because I realize this one thing. The Lord is coming again and there is a work that needs to be done and the harvest is still ripe and he's looking for laborers. And so Father, we just pray right now that your spirit would move upon your people afresh. 
afresh, fall afresh upon us. Pray that you minister to every home in this, in this, in this community. God, I pray that drunkards would, would show up at the door, that, that people living in sin would show up at the door, and God, we would have been prepared by your spirit to say, come on in, God, and to see salvation again. One more time, God, please save sinners in Jesus' name. God, I pray that homes would be restored in this building, that there would be peace, that there would be joy, that the fruit of the spirit would be evident in the home, that there would be not law and order, but God, that your principles would trump every other principle in our nation. That the home would be a safe place. God, I pray that your spirit would, would fall afresh upon us. Be thou glorified, God. As, we, as we, we leave this building, go with us. Encourage us. Speak to us afresh. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.